This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs, also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Equity Minds. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is you and oh, okay, is there any money in? I mean, so many areas covered. Yeah. So many still to go. If you've got a suggestion, uh, hit me up on MySpace and hit the lads up on their various Insta- <laughs> Instagram. We're big on threads now. Yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything sadder than Musk versus Zuckerberg? It is um, every now and again, even though they're hello boys, nice to see you. Even though <laughs> they're Ed. the two of the richest people in the world. Don't show yourselves like this. Don't <laughs> show us all. No, don't show us Musk and Zuckerberg. Don't let this show us that you're still just two nerds yeah. who suspect that everybody hates them. Did you see what Elon don't tweeted? Don't give yourself away. You've had the hairpiece, Elon. Zuckerberg, you're pretending to do jujitsu where everyone has to pretend you're the winner like Kim Jong-un in table tennis. Okay? Don't give yourself away by getting into a, a spat with another dork so that we all go, oh, that's right. You're just a couple of dorks that everybody hates. <laughs> Do you see that? <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> Elon today proposed- You wouldn't want to see it? The fight yeah. or, the, or the dick measuring contest. Yeah, did you see this? What? Elon literally proposed a dick measuring contest today. What? Yeah. No, I didn't know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, oh, come on. You know why you, Are you kidding? You know why you no. didn't that's know pathetic. that? That's pathetic. Because it was on Twitter where no one, where no one is. <laughs> Wow, what, what, did, what did he tweet? Oh, it's just Zuck. It was, it was so, it was tragic. It was exactly what I'm saying. It's two dorks, like Gates, right? Bill Gates. Remember when all that stuff came out about his old wild sex parties and he used to do this and he used to do like that, Ep- right? Epstein, Epstein. No, yeah, well, a bit of Epstein, but then just sort of mild, sort of orgy work, right? And he kept it, he kept it cardigans and glasses. 
He was like not addressing that anyway about the future. Smart. Keeping it low. Whereas these two dorks are just desperate Musk to be cool. Musk is kind of killing his legacy. I hate him now. Yeah. He's really why would you like him? What was there oh, to I mean, like? He had SpaceX and done Tesla amazing. are like going to be two of the most profound companies of our lifetime. And there's an argument about how much influence he had and if he just had the right people around him. But the fact of the matter yeah, is... Fair enough. They both exist and he, and he is the public facing face. of It's like Wham. But would there have been Wham without Andrew Ridgely? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no. But the, but the thing is, like, they, they were two businesses that a lot of people tried and failed at as well. And so okay. you have to give some All right. credit I there. Lo- no. Yeah. There's not, it's not a no credit situation. It's a how much is his personality going to ruin exactly that well, point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. He's just he's day by day killing. Yeah. He was yeah. Anyway, let's keep let's. Like we're, we're talking books. We're talking books today. <laughs> today we're talking books. Yes, oh, is, yeah. there, money like, is books? there money in books? Now we're going to give a rating at the start. Okay, now we should preface this with I am speaking to two highly respected published authors. And when are they coming in? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm looking forward to getting some lived experience from both of you. Yeah. On one hand, we have Bryce Lesky, uh, dual publisher dual author, of dual author. Uh, Get Started Investing and Don't Stress, Just Invest, uh, available for pre-order or in all good bookstores, depending on when we I've read the other one. Uh, don't get, don't get, stress, just invest. Yeah, you sent me an advanced copy. Yeah. You actually gave us an endorsement for it. I gave you a quote. We're going to milk that for all. Are you going to use it? Uh, what's the difference between an endorsement and a quote? Well, the quote's on the book. It's an endorsement quote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we're going to. I enjoyed it. it. We're using we it. have. It's used on there. It. Yeah, good. I enjoyed it. Yeah. It was a good book. I enjoyed it. Thank you. It was helpful and useful. That's good. great. I enjoyed it. The two things we strive for. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, so that's um, Bryce, but uh, on the other side of the table we have. Dual published author as well, uh, Ed Cavalli, <laughs> a first time for everything. Yep. Written with your wife, yep. Tiff. And then uh, Daddy's Embarrassing Exploding Farty Shorts. Written with? A self, uh, a memoir. Written by? <laughs> no, you and your brother, I think. No, my son. <laughs> it was written by me. The, the, the okay. idea being. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't expect that as an option. I was expecting a brother or dad. So the gag was that every, every person in the public eye has to release a fart book. Right, it's, it's so weird. Classic. Right, yeah. so yeah. I said, "All right, I'll do one, but I'm going to write one. You only need the mental capacity of a four-year-old to do it. So I'm going to write one with a four-year-old." <laughs> so I got my son. One day I came home and my wife had thrown my gym shorts in the bin because I farted them too much. Right, and my son, four years old at the time, fell about laughing. He couldn't believe it, it was the funniest thing he'd ever heard in his life. <laughs> so I just sat down with him one day and said, "Let's record what happened to Arnie." to Daddy Shorts, and he said, okay, and we recorded it, and here is some of it. You know, Daddy. What, okay, what's the name of the book? Daddy and Shorts. Okay, so that goes on. I just transcribed that conversation with my son, Epic. sent it to a publisher, we published it, and, wow. we're, and we're doing a sequel. <laughs> no so, way. Wow. And the joke I always make is I was unhappy with my initial creative partnership. I didn't think my wife had brought enough, so I brought in my four-year-old son. <laughs> Well, speaking of wow. all celebrities doing fart books, uh, we are in Booktopia's hot pre-orders at the moment. Oh, good. Uh, right next to Zoe Foster Blake, oh, big yeah, company. Well, that's fair enough too. And her book, Fart's Favourite Smells, a lift the flat book. Well, now I'm... More no, farting. I'm if there, if oh, she's got one coming out, then that's... I Wait, is hers one of those scratch and sniff? No, her lift, so. it'll, it'll be like that. I'm trying to... Let's, try, let's play guess the book. It'll be like... 
So fart likes uh, something that like smells cinnamon. rotten and this, and then you lift it up and it's yeah. a, a, a yeah, gag. Because, yeah. you know, you've got to remember the dark hand of Hamish Blake will be working to help the joke writing in that book. So he's a genius, but the dark hand of Hamish Blake will be present. It's also not Zoe's first fart no, book. No, 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 Some no. Some people may have seen her original fart book. Zoe Foster Blake, no one likes a fart. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. When you say someone might have, you mean the hundreds and thousands of people who bought it? Yeah. So they we, probably saw it. We massive. don't have kids, so I think we kind of miss some of this, at least for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. Come, it's either coming Doesn't or it's not. Doesn't Andy also have a fart book? No, no. Andy has a uh, Don't Turn This Page book, yeah. which is, has sold millions of copies all around the world. He was in wow. Italy signing books. Yeah, no, he's, Should he's, we turn that into a horror story, horror movie? What? Don't turn this page. Oh, Jesus, I'm bad actually. Getting back to our horror. Our, yeah. we are, look, we need to write that horror script. Actually, that's a funny day. We set ourselves, we set up a YouTube live stream and we go, right, we're going to write a horror script in a day and try and sell it. That's a funny Not idea. Bring in your four-year-old. That's, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's a funny idea to say, right, we're going to spend one day doing it. Because I always say, look, you know, there's an old joke in comedy that, you know, there's everything called some people, particularly books as well. It's a dramedy. And a dramedy is just a drama with a couple of jokes. Yeah. But the, jo- my, the joke inside comedy is comedy's the hard part. Anyone can write a drama. That's the easy bit. Comedy's the hard bit of that dramedy bit. The reason that they don't call it a comedy is because it's not funny enough. So you call it a dramedy. That's the giveaway. And a lot of books that every memoir, a, a coming of age dramedy. And you go, oh, okay, Weren't, couldn't write jokes, could you? <laughs> All right, Anyone guys, can I am mindful that we're seven and a half minutes in and we haven't even got That's to my fault. the introduction. <laughs> You've got to stop saying things that dangle. That dangle. This is obviously a topic close to yeah, yeah. Dangling things so, at me. So the reason I wanted to introduce the fact that you were both authors at the start is so it gives some context when I ask this question. Both of What do you think out of 10 in terms of is there money in books? Too. Not my own experience, but the reality of it, and with the other, with the caveats that we've often we do pointy end, long tail, ten. You think it's ten out of ten? There are. Books? It is. There is. It is possible to be an author and buy a castle. Yes, that literally. is a possibility. It is a possibility to be an author and buy a DeLorean. That is possible. It is, but that's a ten. <laughs> It's weird that Ed told us that he's driving his DeLorean back That's to his castle. That's good stuff. <laughs> hey, good stuff. They fart sell, baby. Sure. I, I think if you ta- I think if you take away like the top five most successful authors in the world, you're at back at a two. Yeah, no, okay. I, well, disagree. I disagree. Well, guys, I, I don't need you to argue about it. I have all the information here. <laughs> Let's go. I just wanted your opinion. Okay. Um, side note, I've got a little thesis. If fart books work, maybe we launch a fart podcast. What, just, just the, the, the sound? <laughs> so, have celebrities to. farting into the mic. All right. Well, that is... You've derailed it. You've that's derailed probably it. a different audience, but it actually is a very good idea. <laughs> Thanks. I that's actually like very it. good. <laughs> and you have to guess. No, no, I know. Oh. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I'm fully aware. All right. Largest book deal in history. I'm going to start with the answer and then we'll get into the details. Sean Spicer? <laughs> no, no, no. So... Uh, I've split it out. I've got largest single book deal okay, in history, okay. but I'm going to start. This is a multi-book deal. Large, this is just Obama. J- headline number largest book deal in history. J.K. Obama. Rowling to do not, to do past Harry Potter, the Grim with all those other shit no. ones. It'll okay. be a politician. Uh, it is not. It is someone right up your alley. Crime vibes. Oh, James Patterson. Oh. James Patterson. Yeah. $150 million for 11 adult books Brilliant. and six young adult books. So 17 How many books. had he written before that deal? Oh, like, Stupid amounts. Yeah. 
Um, that's a genius. That's a good 150 advance. mil. Yeah. Advance or just a deal? That's yeah, advance. Uh, yeah. Largest single book deal in history. Obama. Now, the Obamas, I think, have been unfairly treated in this category because They're Barack split. and Michelle yeah. were together for 65 yes. mil for the two of them. Harry? No. This is equal first. What? Um, One is being published now, this year, and the other was published in the ni- early 2000s. Diana? No. Published now? Published now. Don't know. Go. Uh, Bill Clinton's autobiography. Okay. Oh, And okay. Britney Spears' oh. upcoming book. Wow, she's done Each well. Each of them got 15 okay. mil. Is that, that it? For one book. No, no, that's, that's a hot story. That's great. That's what I mean. That's For the spiciness of Britney, like I feel like... Right, so we not, got one... Yeah, I know what we no, got. Less than one know what, of that. Yeah, but we're also not Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, so you can't Not yet. <laughs> not yet, guys. Not yet. <laughs> Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online you'll experience the all-new Cerebral Way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. That's, that's the biggest deals. In terms of overall net wealth, there's a few wealthy authors uh well there's a lot but uh in terms of the the top ranks stephanie meyer 125 mil yeah not bad twilight dan brown but also just six three books four books for how many four yeah, five. yeah. and then then nothing Her roi like that's pretty big, big for it was, big. it was it was a phenomenon nothing since i'm gonna yeah. ask not for, bad. i'm gonna ask for no commentary on these oh, authors because sake. i've got a bit place. of a list here <laughs> yeah. dan brown 178 mil Jeffrey Archer, 195 mil. Nora Roberts, 390. John Grisham, 400 million. Stephen King, 500 million. Here's the top three. I'll allow commentary again for the podium finishes. Danielle Steele. Does anyone recognize that name? Yeah, yeah. No. romance. Oh, you see, I didn't recognize it. $600 million. She is the world's best selling living author in terms of total number of books sold. If you're in a hotel right now, go to the lobby. Pick one up. It's in there. <laughs> Trust me. Okay. She's authored more than 180 books yeah. and sold more than 800 million copies. Pretty amazing. 
Number two, James Patterson, 800 million net worth, authored more than 140 novels, sold more than 425 million copies. So not as many as Danielle Steele, but the RRP must be a bit higher. They are. Yeah. Number one, no prizes for guessing. One author, there's a bit of a caveat here. There, there are people that have written books that have a heap of money, but in terms of people that have made their money from being an author, J.K. Rowling is the only billionaire, net worth of a billion dollars, Harry Potter and everything since, 600 million copies sold. So not as many as Danielle Steele. But the wealthiest author. Are we allowed to talk about the pl- the enormous plot hole in Harry Potter that would deems the whole series un- unreadable? Sure. Uh, ready? Yeah. Righto. Let's say you're at you go to Hogwarts. Let's just say you're an ordinary student at Hogwarts. Do you go? Who reads it? Who, which one of you you've read it? Oh, we. You both up read it. it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Great. Give me another student at Hogwarts. Uh, uh, Neville Longbottom. Great. Don't know who that is. Let's just say you are Mr. and Mrs. Longbottom, right? Neville comes home from a term at Hogwarts and they go, how is... Because it's boarding school. Yeah. They go, how'd it go? Neville says, what? Oh, you all right, Nev? What? Sorry, what? What? Nev, what's the matter? Oh, no, it's just... Um, it's this kid called Harry and um, there's this wizard who's trying to kill him and these ghosts came and murdered a teacher and we had to stop classes for like four weeks because there was this giant... It all happens in dog, one term. ...dog horse that was... Going to kill us all, and I don't want to go back, Mum and Dad. What fucking school? <laughs> what fucking educational system allows this to take place and keeps demanding that children show up? If a kid rocks up with some peanut butter in his lunch, <laughs> the whole place gets sent home. What fucking educational institution are they running? This is what would happen. All of the t- give me another t- student. Uh, what's the uh, Malfoy? Malfoy's parent, Mr. Malfoy or Mrs. Malfoy would ring up and go, hey, Mr. Longbottom, yeah. Hey, did you, yeah, the dog thing and the murder? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to do something. They would get together, the parents would rock up and they would say, Harry needs to get <laughs> expelled today or my son is going to be murdered like the teacher was. And Dumbledore would be like, but he's the chosen one. We don't give a shit. He can go to another school, but we are pulling our children if our son is murdered because of this head because he's got a scar on his forehead and you reckon he might save us all we could save us all right now by expelling that little shit and he would get his fucking ass kicked out plot hole fair enough anyway if if your kids go to school with ed's kids watch yeah, out look out but come on anyway all right, all right. Let's let's get this back. This could, this could be a long episode in the end. Uh, all right, so that's globally wealthiest authors. Let's zoom in on Australia. Now, there's not a great resource on the wealthiest authors in Australia, but barefoot. I've got him barefoot. So for me, I, I think he's Australia's best non best-selling non-fiction author. That's what he told me. Yeah, oh, I thought he was. Have you met him? Yeah, many times. Lovely guy, and oh, he told me he told me that himself. We are trying to get in contact with no, him. No, no, no. He's impossible. You're the competition. He, we're not trying to compete with him. We're trying to just give him a copy of I our book. I messaged him. He's a great guy. <laughs> uh, what do you reckon his net worth is? Papy. Yeah. I don't reckon. Mm. Like, relative to a lot of those. No, he doesn't have a billion dollars. Yeah, I reckon like, like 20 mil. Uh, it'll say 15. And it'll be heaps more than that. I, well, it said between four and seven, no. depending on the source. Way more. It's, he's all invested Way in more. Vanguard index funds. <laughs> uh, Australia's best. Do you know that's what I did with the money for our from my son's portion of the book. Oh, nice! Put it I in gave, a- I chucked it into Vanguard, 
Nice. And he's trying to get it out to buy Lego. And I say, you can't have it, mate. Yeah, good. That's what I did with it. Good. That's good. You have been listening to our podcast. I do listen. <laughs> <laughs> on, uh, on speed two. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, from what I could find, Tim Winton is Australia's yeah. best-selling author. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Five million? No, what no. about Matthew, uh, the Elliot, the guy that, the ice, ice station? Matthew Riley. Riley, right. sorry, Riley. I don't, think I don't think he's sold as much as Tim Winter. Maybe he has, but maybe I think not he's got more international sales. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he owns a DeLorean. Yeah. Good to, go. yeah. I do feel sorry for Matthew Riley because it feels like he's been living in LA for about 15 years and he's got so close to making his books into yeah. movies so many times. Disney optioned, Hover Car Racer, a few others. Yeah. He did an interview recently. Where he talked about that, finally got one made where he was able to direct it on Netflix. But it wasn't one of his books. It no, was just another another story. Yeah. But anyway, fair play to him. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere between five and twenty million uh net worth depending Great on the source. So again, like even if you're just playing in Australia or if you're an Australian author that then expands overseas, there's money in books. Yeah. You can build wealth uh as an author. You haven't mentioned Andy. Andy Lee. He has sold so many books. The challenge is... It would just be hard for him to work out which money came from where. Yeah, yeah. that was the thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even tough, for him? Tough problem to have, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, good luck, mate. Well done to him. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, millions of copies. Really? Yeah, wow. worldwide. Yeah. Wow. Unbelievable. Has Hamish written a book? Uh, yeah, I think he helped with one of the ones... Oh, Time for Bed. I think him and Zoe, one of their kids' books, kids they wrote books. one together. Um, but yeah. Oh, I'm just looking at Hamish Blake. He's written one with Zoe called Textbook Romance. Oh, no, that was a long... It, Ages ago. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Bro, we've yeah. moved on from that. Yeah, let's move on. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right. So, there is money in books. Uh, let's talk about how it is distributed. Ugh. The size of Australia's book market, uh, $1.3 billion worth of books sold in 2022. Audiobooks? Uh, add in audiobooks and you get to just shy of $1.7 billion. Love that growth. Yeah. I love that growth. Yeah. As an, as an avid audiobook guy... One of the best investments you can make is a monthly Audible subscription. Yeah. It is so... The value is unbelievable. As much as I hate it because it's there's an opportunity cost with podcasting, every time you listen to an audiobook, I tend to agree with I you. I disagree because you're on your phone, you're listening. Barefoot also has the best selling Audible book oh, in he's Australia. Good, he? He's good, isn't he? Yeah. All this free publicity we're giving him, surely he replies to our emails now. No, no, we got a reply from him. He said no. <laughs> No, seriously. Most recently, he's like, "I'm just totally out." I'm was that you trying to get him? Were you trying to get him to read your book? No, no. We're trying so to get I've him to. Out, to anyway, let's I've reached just, out to him for both books. Yeah, no, uh, that's too much. You're asking got, too much of the guy. To no. read a book? Yes. He doesn't have to. I've got time. He doesn't have time. Show him some credit. He doesn't have time for that shit. I also asked if he would come on the podcast uh, when he was doing that schools TV show. Oh yeah, got the flick there as well. You know what? I can't help you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, books, hey? Uh, yeah. 70.9 million units sold in 2022. Love that. 9.5 million of which were sold in the four weeks leading yeah. up to Christmas. That, that, wow. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Love it. Yeah. Uh, ebooks account for an average of 11% of total sales for major Australian publishers. They ain't now. going anywhere, those things. I'm sorry. They've reached their point. I don't. The ebook I've tried to e- e-read, it's nah, tough. I'm a it's big, niche. I'm a big Kindle guy. Good. Yeah. Okay. What, what's the difference? You mean ebook as in Kindle? Yeah. 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 I'm a Kindle guy too. Two, two reasons why I love it. Number one, traveling. You can travel in multiple yep. books. Yep. And number two, uh, if you're reading in bed, you don't have to have the lamp on so it doesn't yeah. piss your partner off. Yeah. And you don't need a bookmark. Never lose your spot. True. 
can highlight things. Anyway. Anyway, Amazon, send us the check for that. Um, (laughs) According to the Australian Publishing Association, the industry sells around 56 million books a year. Now, question for both of you if you want to play closest to the pin. How many new titles are published annually just from Australian authors each year? So, not foreign books coming to Australia? 10,000? Yeah. um, uh, Yeah. Uh, 10,000 is a hell of a lot. I would go five and a half. Five and a half thousand? Yeah. 22,000. Mine felt low. Why didn't you go higher? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, 21,000 of those are undo. (laughs) Hang on, 20,000 new titles every year. Every year in Australia. In Australia. There's no money in books. Well, we'll get to that because the tale is yeah, long. That, yeah. So, just to close out my stats bonanza, around 3,700 people are employed in the Australian publishing industry. So, you know, over a billion dollars in sales a year, tens of thousands of new titles published each year, a lot of pe- thousands of people employed. There's an industry here. There's money yep. in this. So, the question is, where does it go? And to help us visualize it, I, I'm going to take a $30 book Great. and talk about how the money yeah, flows. Yeah, nice. So, let's start with what goes to the author. On average, it's about 10% of the RRP, yep. re- regular re- recommended retail price, yep. goes to the author. Unless you negotiated a better deal. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, 10% goes to the author. So, that's about three bucks of a $30 book. 20% of the, the cost of the book is in the materials. Now, the ra- that, that is a, there's a pretty broad range here mm. um, between, you know, a few percent to up to, you know, hard, mm. or like 40% Depending on of the length of the book, the art type, art type yeah. all that, yeah, p- yeah. pictures inside, uh, all that e- stuff. Even like the paper size yeah, we've learned yes, plays a big yes, cost. Yes. Uh, the, the quality the of the paper. Type of paper, yes. Yeah. So, uh, but the average sort of middle range that I found uh, was about 20%, so about six bucks of the book, of a $30 book mm, okay. is in materials. 5% is in warehousing and freight. So, actually storing and transporting the book is quite expensive. That's about $1.50 of the book goes to that. Now, 20% goes to the publisher and that pays for the publisher's yeah. overhead. That yeah. pays for staff, Lights all on. of that stuff. Yep. And then finally, that leaves 45% which goes to the bookseller. Now, so that's about $13.50. But keep in mind book retail is a very tough business. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. you'll often see um, well, everywhere these days, books marked down from their RRP. Yeah. That is all coming out of the bookseller's margin. Whoa. I mean, all you need to know as an author, Whoa. if you're thinking about this, is the first number. The $3 of a $30. None of the, ma- none of the, none of the numbers matter. Yeah. Well, let's zoom, all- <laughs> in. let's zoom in on the author because that's the most interesting part of yeah. this. Bryce, how much money did we make from Get Started Investing? I can't disclose we'll get done by the tax guys. <laughs> what I can disclose is that we uh, made about three bucks a book because we were, what, twenty nine ninety five RRP and we no, got 10%. Uh, we actually get a little bit higher than that, Ren. Because it's, we've sold over a certain amount. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah. I think we get th- about $3.50. Yeah, yeah. So we yeah. had a kicker after we became yeah. a bestseller. 12%. New York Times bestseller. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying yeah. this to see what Ed's reaction is. I'm excited for you. Um so, how about you, Ed? No, I got. I'm an advanced type of guy. I'm oh, a gimme. Yeah. I'm a gimme it up front, and kids' books are slightly different. And we'll see how we go. And you know, then royalties, and whatever. But my wife has seven books out. 
No way. My wife has published seven books and every now and again, I'll go, Darl, yeah, you got three bucks. She's like, coolies. But the, the, every now and again, you do get a check. Yeah, yeah. For a few bucks. It's a nice little surprise. And you go, that's a nice little surprise. So here's the thing uh, with that. A lot of people might think a book, you know, they might have dreams of Scott Pape that their book is a forever uh, long tail of royalties. Not the case. Uh, on average, 90% of an author's royalties come in the first 90 days. Yeah, and the imagine... That's well, not our case. Though, what was the highest-selling book of 1986? No one knows. Probably and, barefoot in But, but you know what I mean? Like, there are decades of best-selling novels that would never have been read since. Yeah. Mm. And, and you think about... Um, Less now because of Amazon and Booktopia and stuff yep. like that. But the traditional book selling window was you had shelf space for a while and unless you kept yep. selling, you got delisted. Yep. Yeah. So, does it feel like every book is a bestseller or a New York Times bestseller? Well, there's a way to game that system. Yeah. There's so- a bit of controversy about how release date units shipped versus units sold. I'm looking at you, Prince Harry, where... <laughs> There's, there's a- ways of I've there's been a bit of a scandal about how one might end up on said list. Mm. There was also a court case, and I didn't write down the name of the book, but an author actually yes. sued the New York Times. They were suppressing. It was a conservative. I remember this. It was a conservative commentator that should have easily been on top of this list. New York Times did not want to promote this person, so found ways of chicanery to m- not let them on, and they took them to court. They basically said uh, it's a curated list. That's it's right. Not, yeah. And they had to come out and say, all right, you got us. Well, wow. no, I think the New York Times won the case. Yeah, but didn't they have to admit that there are yeah, different, you're quote, right. different yeah, yeah, metrics yeah. used? Yeah. yeah. So, And then even within that, there's a lot of books that become New York Times bestsellers, and this little clip explained why. Why does it feel like every book you hear about is a New York Times bestseller? They can't all be bestsellers, right? The word best is reserved for one individual thing. Well, surprise, surprise, the name is very misleading. The New York Times ranks books in a lot of different categories. Nonfiction, children's books, middle school books, biographies, how-tos, ebooks, and they even distinguish between hardcovers and paperbacks because, you know, that totally makes a lot of difference. Lots of lists means less competition in each specific genre, which means books can make it onto the bottom of one of those lists with as little as 10,000 total sales. The authors get to call their book a bestseller, and the New York Times gets to be the de facto authority on book ranking, which means that they make a lot of money from people purchasing books from the affiliate links on their website. A New York Times decent seller in one very specific genre just doesn't have the same ring to it. So, the question is... If you become a bestseller, do you think that means you've made money from your book? I was thinking this, no. I'm going to go with no. And before we wrap up, I've got my favorite stat about free books online turning into money, which is the one I always go to in these situations. Nice. Twilight. Yeah. Yeah, that is a good one. Do you want to tell us now or do you want to leave it as a cliffhanger? Do you guys know it? Yeah. Have I told you before? Yeah. I think, yeah. How many times was... Twilight fan fiction about S&M, you know, bondage downloaded before she took it back off the internet, changed the names of just the characters and turned it into Fifty Shades of Grey. How many times was that downloaded before she got a publishing deal? Wasn't it like a hundred million? Yeah, it was heaps. It's a million and counting. But still, (laughs) there's. I've written some fan fiction. Get it down. Change Bella and Edward to... 
whatever and whatever and repackage back yeah. out it goes. Unbelievable. Mm. Yeah. It's crazy. So getting to the bestseller question. Please. Um, the, the short answer is no. Like a lot of bestsellers don't make any money. <laughs> wow. Um, in Australia, depending on the time of year, the publishing rule of thumb is between six thousand and ten thousand makes you a bestseller. Yeah. Six thousand in the because it's all relative. Like cool. yes. six thousand in the middle of winter, not yep. peak yep. book selling season. Gotcha. Ten thousand in the lead up right before Christmas. Based on our ease of maths before, thirty dollars RRP, three dollars a book. If you sold ten thousand copies, you're a bestseller. You've made thirty thousand dollars. Ha! Not gonna cut it. Yeah. Not now, gonna cut it. That's a Best and, and keeping in mind that ni- on average ninety percent of your royalties come in the first ninety days, so it's not like that thirty thousand is recurring. I'd like to change my answer, please. To <laughs> no, <laughs> but let's take a step. Let's take a step back from bestsellers and just think about the average book. So jumping over to the US, bigger market, but more books. The American Book Trade Association uh, says that the average book sells five hundred copies. Wow! Holy! Wow! Moly! Yeah. And so five hundred, three dollars a book, fifteen hundred bucks. Are you kidding? No, I self-published a book on Amazon as out of spite. So Husey said, "You can't write a novel." I said, "Fuck you, I can." So I went and wrote a true crime scrovel, which is half novel, half script comedy, based on six true crimes that I found on the internet, and then wove them into a narrative, and then presented it to him. And said, F*** you, I can write a novel. Go f*** yourself. And then put it up on Amazon and then didn't tell anyone. And I don't know why I did that. And I just remembered that I did that. Is it still, is <laughs> it, Epic. Is yeah. it still up to Yeah, that? it's called Six Legs. And it's... You're happy to share the link? We'll include yeah, well, it's probably notes. the best thing I've ever done. I spent the most time on it just so I could say, F*** you, Husey, yes, I can. <laughs> And then didn't do anything with it. I feel there's an element of, of spite in a lot of the things that you're doing in publishing the Husey novel and the celebrity fart books. Uh, well, no, no, that one is more, how can I get in on some of this action? Uh, okay, and okay. also, if I'm going to have to give my son some sort of nest egg, can someone else pay for it? <laughs> <laughs> and can he earn it? Okay, cool. All right, so I've got a fair few stats, so let's just keep rolling. So, in America, the average of 500 books sold. So, the average author not doing too well. Uh, Macquarie University in 2015, back here in Australia, did a study on the Australian book industry called Authors, Publishers and Readers in a Time of Change. As part of that, they surveyed more than 1,000 Australian authors. The average income across those 1,000 authors, (laughs) $12,900. Okay. Mm. We're going to need another job. No money in it. In the US, it's a similar story. So... The, in 2018, the Authors Guild surveyed 5,067 authors. The median income in 2017 was $6,080, with just 3,100 of that being from book income alone. God help as a, me. As opposed to like speaking fees, yeah. teaching, book reviews, that kind of stuff. Delivering Uber. <laughs> Eats. Oh, my God. Have you guys heard of Jim Hines, Jim C. Hines? He's a sci-fi author. Okay. So he's uh, he publishes his income every year. I think he's been doing it since about 2007. So he's very public with how much he makes. He does all right. He's got a bit of a cult following. But in 2016, he sort of used the platform he has built to survey 400 authors' income and publish that result. 
And it just it illustrates the disparity in earnings when it comes to authors. The average was $114,000 a year. Oh, uh, yeah. But the median yeah. was $17,000. There it is. And there it is. Yeah. It's all. Everything in the easy net. Yep. Yeah. 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 So, it's just that the high earners just drag the average so high up. And this is the creative industries. Bad luck. I have no... I'm not crying poor for anyone and everyone knows the gig. Mm. Yeah. If people buy the book, you're rich. If they don't, you ain't. Yeah. The end. Yeah. That's it. That's it. You just need to know that 3%. That's and all you need to not, know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. That's the, the only yeah, number. Three bucks. Yeah. 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 Three bucks. Yeah. Walk away. Now, here's the thing. The three bucks can be improved by doing one thing, cutting the publisher out. And so oh, I knew I knew you were going to do this. <laughs> this is I disagree with that. I was thinking about that's only twenty percent saving. Well, I, I'm going to talk to the number. Ten percent was the number with a publisher, the three dollars. Depending on uh, how you do it, between forty and sixty percent is what you take if you self-publish. But distribution is near impossible. Hmm. So some examples of people that have made incredible amounts of money from self-publishing: Dan Blazarian, Bryce's Idol, no. and David Goggins. Um, so, you know, they have yes. their own distribution yeah, channels. Okay. So Which they, they've built. Yeah. And yeah. fair enough too. They've built the platform to say, come and get it. Mm. So, let's say you wanted to make $100,000 a year Great as an call. author. Yep. Uh, apparently, the average book, uh, RRP, is $16.99. So, with a publisher, you'd need to sell 58,858 books. If you self-published, you need to find your own distribution channels but just sell 11,771 books. Either way, to make $100,000 a year, you have to be a bestseller. Wow. And given that 90% of those royalties come in the first 90 days, you need to be knocking out a bestseller every year. Yeah, you just have to keep writing. Now, people would ask, what about the movie deal? That's how you make money. And there are some examples of people that have made a lot of money E.L. James was paid $5 million for the Fifty Shades trilogy. J.K. Rowling got a heap of money. But that isn't the norm. For most authors, even if their books go very yep. well, they don't get points on the back end. Nope. They get paid a small amount. Up front. Quick, I'll give you a quick few. Ian Fleming, James Bond, oh. was paid $50,000 in 1961. Yeah. It's made over a billion dollars in box office. Peter Benchley, who wrote Jaws, was paid $250,000. Not bad. That's actually a lot. But Jaws went on to make 430 million. But that's still a lot in 1976. True, 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 true. The author of Forrest Gump, Winston Groom, was paid $350,000. However, Not bad. However, the term Hollywood accounting came back into vogue because they, in order to not pay him any extra points, they tried to claim that Forrest Gump lost money. The movie. Ah, uh, yes. Classic. Okay. He, he was pretty, he was pretty <laughs> burnt money. by Hollywood. He actually that's has a why. sequel called Gump and Co that he refuses to sell. But that's why. Yeah. 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 So that's the example, you know, Jurassic Park, Michael Crichton. Yeah, Crichton. He got 1.5 mil, not bad, so that but was, it went on to make a billion. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, Devil Wears Prada. But Michael Lord- Crichton also, uh, a script ER was based on a script he wrote when he was a medical student. Oh. So he's, he's got it all. Yeah, right. So that te- but that's what I mean. The television show would have made way more money yeah. than Jurassic yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where's his... I don't know if he's got a cut of that. Yeah. So I think that's the takeaway. Like, as an author, it's really hard to make money. And then people say, oh, well, you get the Netflix deal or you get the movie deal. But it's really hard to negotiate and say it's going to be very successful. Like, in hindsight, these are very successful. And they but play on that. Yeah, but you've got to negotiate before it's made. So <sighs> let's close the question. Uh, one to ten. What do you reckon as an author? 
I mean, I still stay, I think I said at the start, one, and I will categorically always tell someone who wants to write a book, if there's, if you're only doing it to try and make a living, don't do it. Yeah. What about yeah. you, Ed? I'm, I'm, at a, I'm at a one, but I'm at a one with a, a huge asterisk, which is if you're thinking about doing it, do it, put it online for free, see if anyone cares, and if they do, keep doing it, and one day you could be a hashtag millionaire because the audience will tell you if anyone gives a shit. Great, thank you all. Nice. You have been listening to an Equitymates Media production. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media acknowledges the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. This podcast is intended for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general advice only and has not taken into account your personal financial circumstances, needs or objectives. Before acting on general advice, you should consider if it is relevant to your needs and read the relevant product disclosure statement. And if you're unsure, please speak to a financial professional. The hosts of this podcast and their guests may have positions in the companies mentioned. Equitymates Media operates under an Australian Financial Services Licence 540697. Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia Gravis or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.